Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
We praise God for each and every one of you who have joined us in worship on today. Those who have gathered with us in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, we certainly realize in the times that we live that sanctuary is where the saint is. Because the Lord is with you wherever you are. And he is a keeper. Yes, he is. We praise God for the privilege to lead you in worship on today and to gather with you in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church of Omaha, Nebraska. God is good and he is greatly to be praised. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for bringing us once again to this moment in worship. We thank you, God, that you have put your loving arms of protection around us, that you've kept us, God, you've covered us. And for many of us, you've concealed us uh, for so many things, from so many things uh, that we have encountered in life. We pray now, God, that you would bless this worship experience. We vote, invoke, and invite your presence. Wherever the saints might be at this moment, that they would feel the movement of your Holy Spirit. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. We ask these prayers now in the name of Jesus Christ. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. We're going to ask the music and fine arts ministry to lead us further in worship at this time.
experience where we are able to corporately go to the Lord in prayer and that wherever we might be we we are able to join the saints of God in going to the Lord in prayer we certainly want to remember our national leaders as we go through uh, this turbulent time of transition that we would pray for safety, for peace, for unity, and for understanding. So many uncalled for things have occurred over the past week or so when so many untruths have been peddled from the White House and from our national capital. We need to pray that truth would reign and prevail as we are moving into this transition. <clears throat> we yet believe that the Lord will continue to hold this democracy together in spite of the evil and wickedness that has been spewed from the mouths of so many, we pray and believe that God is going to continue to use this republic to be a shining light, a city that sits on a hill. That's only going to occur if we continue to pray. Our theme for this year is the year of revival, Second Chronicles chapter 7 
verse 14, if my people will humble themselves and pray, will turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And so we need to be praying for a healing in our land. And we pray that violence and chaos will not prevail, that peace will prevail that the Lord's word and his presence and his power would prevail. But that's only going to come by prayer and revival. And so let's pray for our land. I know there are so many who would wish to see us divided, not only internally but externally across the world. But let's pray for unity. Let's pray for revival. We also want to pray for those specifically who are on our prayer list, those who have solicited our prayers. Sister Sadie Cole, the mother of Sister, uh, of Sister Cerise Cole, infant Clementine Nielsen Jackson, Sister Kaynette McNair, Sister Queen Temple, the mother of Verdell Temple and Bobby Daly, Brother Karaka Atwater in Lincoln, the brother of Roberta Green, Brother James Brook, Reverend Marilyn Klaus, Brother Derek Cribbs, his family in St. Louis, Missouri, Brother James Jimmy Jackson, Brother Brandon Jemison, Brother Henry Moore in Phoenix, Arizona, the brother of Reverend Eulish Moore, Brother Frank Stewart. As well, we want to keep in our prayers those who are grieving and are bereaved. Brother Frank and Sister Diane Stewart Sr. and the loss of his sister Emma Jean Miller, our former member Dorothy Atkins, and Mother Lois Sanders and Reverend Armand Brown in the loss of their mother, Mother Agnes Brown. We do know that prayer does change things. Prayer changes the prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are thankful as always, first and foremost, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. And we thank you for the power, the assurance, and the hope of his resurrection. It is his resurrection that causes us to have the assurance of life, life abundantly, and life eternally. And so we thank you for that deep and undying love for us. And we come to you, God, knowing that you hear our prayers. And so we acknowledge you as the omnipotent, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, and all-seeing God, for with that we know you are well aware of our every situation, that though, God, you may be high and lifted up, you are also a very present help in our time of trouble, and for that, God, we are grateful. We come to you knowing, God, that we've come short of your glory and your will for our lives and 
For that we confess our sins, knowing that we've fallen short. And God, we pray that you would give us the power to turn from our wicked ways and turn to you. For you and you alone are holy and righteous. We thank you, God, because you have been better to us than we've been to ourselves. We owe a debt of gratitude to you for all that you've done for us that we did not deserve. Lord, we are grateful that you looked beyond our faults and you saw every one of our needs and the most important of those needs was for you to save us from our sins. And so even now, God, Many who are watching and listening, they have things in their lives that they desire, that they hope for, that they wish for, that they want for. And God, we believe it's in your will, and so we bring it to you right now in the name of Jesus, that you would hear their prayers, that you would answer their prayers. For those on our prayer list, God, we don't know all the details, but we know you know everything about them. And so we pray that you would meet them at the point of their need. In the depths of their spirit, God, we pray that you would minister to them, that you would comfort them, and that you would be there with them every day of their lives and we ask these prayers believing that they shall and will be done because they are asked in the name of our resurrected risen and living Savior Jesus the Christ and the people of God said together amen amen and amen we continue to be grateful that the Lord hears and answers prayers. <clears throat> Again, Salem and to those who are ministry partners, we continue to thank you for your support, your prayers, and your encouragement. Uh, there are a few things we want to highlight uh, on today. The 37th annual Martin Luther King Jr. Unity Service will be held at 6 p.m. at Zion Baptist Church as well as virtually Dr. Marcus Cosby of Houston, Texas, the Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church, will be uh, the preacher. Please see our website, SalemBC.org, for more information and details. We continue to ask you to tune in for our Word for Your Walk broadcast at 1.30 p.m. each and every Sunday um, on the CW Network. Again, that's 1.30 p.m. each and every Sunday. I know the playoffs are going on, but tune in to hear the word of the Lord. Again, that's 1.30 p.m. on the CW Network, our word for your walk broadcast. Uh, we thank you for your prayers and patience as we seek to continue to uh, for the Lord to give us guidance and wisdom when it's safe to return to in-person Worship. Our new normal ministry is meeting on a regular basis so that we can plan 
uh, for uh, reopening. Again, I continue to remind you that even when we reopen, it's going to be a new normal. Uh, we will not go back immediately to where we were before uh, we had to halt in-person worship. And I know I'm growing impatient, and I know many of you are as well. Um, we want to see the saints, and we want to be together. Uh, but the truth is, family of God, we want to make sure that we're safe and that we're secure and that we do everything possible to make sure um, that when we return in worship, uh, that everything is safe. Uh, and uh, so, again, I know many of us are growing impatient. We want to see one another. We want to fellowship. We want to be in the sanctuary. Um, but... Uh, as the primary leader of the Salem Church of Omaha, Nebraska, I want to make sure that uh, whenever that happens, that we've done all that we possibly could to make sure that things are safe and secure. So uh, please continue to pray for us, uh, be patient with us, and be understanding with us. Uh, we are continuing to look for ways to hold virtual, uh, virtual events for ministry, and meetings, please, please check your email. We're trying to get information out to you uh, on every platform possible. But if you don't look at your email and you don't see your text and you don't check the website, you just won't know what we're trying to communicate to you. So we're asking you to go a step further and open that email, look at that text, check the website, so you'll know exactly what's going on in the life of the Salem Church. We're trying to keep you aware as possible uh, during this time. So please, please help us, assist us during this time by, by being aware of what's going on. Uh, the office will be closed on tomorrow. I want to let you know the office will be closed on Inauguration Day as well. Uh, we want to make sure that the staff is safe and secure, hoping and praying and believing that nothing is going to jump off. But if it does, we want to make sure that the building is safe and secure and the staff is as well. Amen. We continue to thank you for your support and your prayers and your continued faithfulness through your stewardship and your giving. We continue to remind you of the platforms that are available to, for you to give. Salem, you have been faithful. And many of our ministry partners who are not technically members of the Salem Church all across the country have given on a regular basis, and we're grateful for all that you've done. You can give through, uh, you can mail your tithes and offerings uh, to the church at 3131 Lake Street. 68111 in Omaha, Nebraska. You can bring uh, your tithe and offering. There's a secure tithe and offering box just outside the administrative office um, where you can give from 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. You can give through our website at uh, salembc.org, through PayPal, through Giveify, Venmo, and the Cash App. And coming soon, you'll be able to text your tithe. We want to make sure that you have every opportunity to continue in your faithfulness and the support of uh, the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. We thank God for you. We're grateful for each and every one of you. If there's information 
that you need, we invite you to call the church office at uh, 402-455-1000, and we'll try to meet your needs and answer your questions and give you the information uh, that you are requesting. Amen. We love you, Salem. We love you, our ministry partners who have joined us in this time of virtual worship because of uh, coronavirus. And this is, again, our year of revival. We're praying for revival, not only in Salem, but we're praying for revival in the city of Omaha, in the state of Nebraska, all across the country and all across the world. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come at this time and lead us further in worship. Jesus is, can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Can anybody take me to where Jesus is? Where Jesus is, can anybody take me to where Jesus lives? Anybody take me to where Jesus is, where Jesus is, can anybody take me to where Jesus lives? I heard that he can heal a broken heart, take me to where he is, he can put back a life that's been torn apart, take me to where he
We're going to ask that you would turn in your Bibles, on your tablets, your devices to the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 10, although we will use some surrounding scriptures. Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 10. And the word of God reads, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you, the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, learning from your Red Sea situations. Learning from your Red Sea situations. <clears throat> the text that we see on today in Exodus chapter 14 is a culmination of a series and sequence of events that allow the Lord to show his power and sovereignty on behalf of of his people. You see, the Hebrews, the children of Israel, were under the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. They were serving as slaves under harsh and overwhelming conditions. And for centuries, they had cried out to the Lord to deliver them from these conditions, and the Lord, the Bible says, heard their cry. He birthed and trained a leader and a liberator by the name of Moses. He was born of a Hebrew mother, raised by an Egyptian princess, ex exiled in a Midian desert, mentored by his father-in-law Jethro. Then he has an unusual encounter as he is tending his father-in-law's sheep. He observes an occurrence that initially blows his mind. As he's tending this flock, he sees on the, sound, on the side of Mount Horeb a burning bush. Now, a burning bush uh, in the deserts of Midian is nothing unusual. What was unusual was that the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. The bush was burning, but it did not burn up. Moses approaches the burning bush, 
And the Lord's vo voice calls his name, and Moses answers, Here I am. The Lord says, Moses, take off your shoes, because the ground that you're standing on is holy ground, and you are in the presence of a holy God. <clears throat> Many of you know the call story of Moses. The Lord says, you have to go to Egypt on my behalf and tell the king of Egypt uh, to let my people go. Moses initially declines the call because he does not have the speaking ability and he has a record as a murderer in Egypt. And furthermore, the people don't know him and will not respect his authority to speak for them and on behalf of the Lord. The Lord responds and reduces all of these excuses to rubble when he says to Moses, I will allow your brother Aaron, uh, who is eloquent to speak for you when necessary. And all of the people who were looking to lock you up for murder are dead. And as for this authority issue, when they ask you who sent you, just tell them I am that I am sent you. So Moses is convinced that this is the call for his life, and he approaches Pharaoh initially on behalf of the Lord, and things go terribly wrong. Moses initially requests that the Hebrews be uh, able to go into the wilderness and worship. The king is so upset with the request of Moses that he says to the children of Israel through his taskmasters and officers, you've been making brick with straw, but because of the request of Moses and how upsetting it is, now you're going to have to make bricks without straw. The Hebrews who are enslaved are upset with Moses and Aaron because they have it seems as if they have only made the situation worse. Moses then returns to the Lord, and the Lord reassures him that the promise of their liberation and protection would come to pass. And to assure this, he would unleash plagues upon Egypt until Pharaoh released the children of Israel from slavery. And there... The Lord begins these ten plagues. And understand, the tenth was the most severe and the one that momentarily broke the spirit of Pharaoh. The Bible says that the death angel passed over Egypt. And the firstborn of each household of the Egyptians died at the hand of the death angel. <clears throat> and because this touched not only his kingdom but his home, this plague caused Pharaoh to release the Hebrews as the Lord had instructed previously. Moses and the people were released from slavery. And Exodus chapter 12 tells us that after suffering through those plagues, that the people of Egypt were so ready for the Hebrews to go that they gave them gifts of silver gold and clothing to hurry them on their way. 
They had had enough of these people and their God. The beginning of chapter 14 tells us that Pharaoh's heart is hardened once again. He prepares with his skilled soldiers and charioteers to chase down and recapture the Hebrews and once again confine and control them as slaves. Now this is where we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 14. The Lord has instructed Moses to lead the people to encamp themselves just before the Red Sea. Now surely the Hebrews did not believe that Pharaoh would let this thing end that easily. They find themselves in a Red Sea situation. Let, let me explain to you their Red Sea situation. They are in a desperate situation. They are trapped by their geography and their topography. The Red Sea is on their east. On the south, they would be faced with mountains too high to climb and laying in wait on the north and the west was the king of Egypt and his armies. You see, that's a Red Sea situation. You look one way and you see a river you can't swim through. You look the way and you have a series of mountains you cannot climb. And then you look the other way and you see a group of people who intend to harm you by any means necessary. The red, situation, red Sea situation is that place in life where you've been released and liberated and unfettered from something in your past and it looks clearly as if you're on your way to the promised land in your future and you stop to take a breath and you realize that before you seems to be an uncrossable sea. And on the south you see impassable mountains and everywhere you look you have the same situations and people and circumstances that you were just released from. They're trying to return to try to get you back into the horrible situation you just got out of. Oh, saint of God, I know many of us have been there before. You've just celebrated and rejoiced and thanked the Lord that he has miraculously freed you from some chaotic and crazy situations and you blink your eye and you're surrounded by something you think you cannot get through, something you cannot get over, and some people who are trying to do you harm. And all of the future... The Lord has promised you and the dreams the Lord has given you. It seems your progress toward them has come to a grinding halt. You know it's a Red Sea situation because things all around you seem to be coming together to discourage you and to depress you and denigrate you and even trying to destroy you and your future and your reputation, your family, your job and your dreams. You know how it is. Just something on every side trying to steal your joy and rob you 
of your peace. You know how it is. It may not seem like much to anyone else. Oh, but to you, it's a barrier that's blocking your way, a hurdle that's hindering you, an obstacle that's obstructing you. It's a pothole that's trying to become a pit. You know how it is when no matter which way you turn, there is something or someone that's trying to drag you back into the burdens of your past and trying to bind you up because of your past. And it seems like there is no means of escape from your Red Sea situation. Well, for those who are watching or listening on the day, uh, I want to tell you, don't give up when you find yourself in a Red Sea situation. There is hope. And most importantly, there is a Savior who wants to assure you that he's on your side. And so, as we look and learn from our Red Sea situations, let's look at how the text progresses. And so, I want to encourage you, first of all, when you learn from your Red Sea situations, don't allow fear to forfeit your potential. Don't allow fear to forfeit, forfeit your potential. The text on today clearly displays the fact that the Hebrews, the children of Israel, are filled with fear. Look at verse 10 again. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They observed the reality of their situation and their circumstance. They are an unarmed mass of people, who've not been trained to defend themselves against a menacing army of skilled soldiers with the advantage of horses and chariots and the most advanced weaponry of their time. Some would say that the Hebrews had reason to be afraid and fearful. However, the point I want to make is that no matter how dominant and skilled and forceful the enemy of the child of God is, that enemy is not as strong and sovereign as the powerful God we serve. Understand, the Lord had already promised his people. He was going to deliver them to the promised land. And that was the potential that he placed in them the potential to eventually conquer their own land and reign and rule as representatives of the Lord. That was their potential. Chosen people who would represent the one true and living God. Now, if that's what the Lord promised them, he could not bring that to pass if he allowed them to be massacred very early in their journey toward the land of promise. They couldn't reach their potential if they were killed on the way to their potential. In other words, they allowed their fear to overwhelm the promise and potential of their future. The fear of right now strangled out the possibilities of their tomorrow. How many of us are victims of this on today? We look at what is right now, 
We're so full of fear that we allow our potential to be forfeited and surrendered because we are fearful of our current situation. There's some student that's listening out right now. Your circumstances say that you can't get into school and you can't graduate, but I'm trying to tell you, don't let that fear strangle your potential. Someone who is afraid to apply for that promotion on your job, I'm telling you, don't let that fear paralyze your potential. Some, someone who has the dream of starting their own business, even in a time of pandemic, don't let the fear paralyze your potential. Whoever's listening right now, listen, whatever your Red Sea situation is, I want you to tell, I want to tell you today, uh, even if you're filled with fear about what the future holds, I say don't walk in fear, walk in faith. That's why 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind. So I want you to learn from your red situation. Don't allow your fear to paralyze your potential. But not only that, the text suggests to us on today, don't let your temporary condition cause you to settle short of your destiny. Don't let your temporary condition cause you to settle short of your destiny. As I've just said, the Hebrews, the children of Israel, had been promised by the Lord a land of promise, a land where he would be their God and they would be his people. This was their destiny. This was their calling. This was their purpose. This destiny had been pronounced and promised to their distant foreparents, and uh, the Lord, in bringing them to this point in time from Egyptian slavery, had started them on the road to reaching and fulfilling their destiny. Through the display of his power in Egypt, through the plagues and his display of authority over Pharaoh and uh, his display over supremacy of these so-called gods of Egypt, the Lord had given them everything they needed to reach their destiny. He had delivered them and given them the leader to guide and direct them toward their destiny and their place of promise. And yet, when they faced the dangers of being free, they revealed that they would rather rule out their destiny of freedom and settle for the safety of slavery. They had been enslaved for centuries. They've been asking the Lord to deliver them for centuries. Now they're free. and They indicate they would rather settle for slavery than face momentary danger. Listen to the words of the collective Hebrews as they speak sarcastically, mockingly, and disrespect, disrespectfully to Moses and therefore to the Lord himself. Look at verses 11 and 12. It says, Then they said to Moses, 
because there were no graves in Egypt? Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we would die, we should die in the wilderness. D.K. Stewart says it this way, when hardship is encountered, the miserable past suddenly looks like the good old days. You see, they would have settled for slavery rather than move toward their destiny. Family of God, I wonder about the disappointments the Lord experiences when his children have their God-given God designed and God prepared destiny before them and we settle for so much less because of our current temporary conditions. I wonder the blessings we missed and the blessings we mishandle because of temporary conditions. Think about the grand and glorious opportunities for the Lord that we mismanage because of temporary conditions. And I want to say to someone who's watching or listening on today, I know what you're experiencing right now in your Red Sea situation is difficult and drains you of your strength emotionally and physically and mentally and taxes your mind and depletes your spirit. But I want to encourage you, don't let what's going on right now keep you from reaching your destiny. Find the strength to fight through and to battle through and to struggle through and to strive through because what you have in your destiny is much greater than the pain and hurt and disappointment you're experiencing right now. The old saints would say trouble don't last always. And so we learn from this red situation don't let your temporary conditions cause you to settle short of your destiny. That's what the children of Israel were saying to Moses. We'd rather go back to Egypt than to fulfill our destiny in the promised land. So don't allow your fear to forfeit your potential. Don't let your temporary conditions cause you to settle short of your destiny. But we also learn, don't doubt the Lord's ability to deliver you. Moses says to the people in this rare situ situation that the Lord is going to deliver you. Even though it seems to be a situation you cannot be delivered from, the Lord is able to deliver you. Oh, I'm speaking to some child of God on today. Even though it seems that you cannot be delivered, the Lord is able to deliver you. Look at verses 13 and 14. It says, And Moses said to the people, <clears throat> Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall 
hold your peace. Moses tells the people, do not be gripped by fear in spite of what the situation looks like and feels like. Moses says the salvation, the deliverance of the Lord is about to take place. And when it seems as if the Lord has allowed you to be hemmed in and you're between a rock and a hard place and a hard, another hard place, <clears throat> and there's no escape and no deliverance and no way out. Listen, I want you to know, don't doubt the Lord's ability to deliver you. As a matter of fact, someone who's watching or listening right now, you are evidence of the fact that the Lord is able to deliver. Listen, you are evidence as one of my uh, father's friends would say that the Lord can get you out of some ungetoutable situations. Or you don't need to doubt the Lord's delivering power. Because the Lord gives instructions to Moses on how to position themselves to be delivered from this Red Sea situation. He says, first of all, you need to pray. Verse 10 says, they cried out to the Lord. And that's the first thing we need to do when we find ourselves in a Red Sea situation. I always declare, don't let your situations drive you crazy. Allow your situations to drive you to your knees. And that's what the children of Israel did. They cried out. They prayed. But then the Bible says, stand still. Listen, it does not mean stop moving because later on the Lord will tell Moses to tell the children of Israel to go forward. It means to cease personal action because it's something that cannot be accomplished by your own hands. There are some things that you just can't handle and you need to just stand still and watch the power of the Lord. But then he says, see. Stand still is a faith posture. Seeing is a faith perspective. When you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, you don't see if the Lord is going to save you and deliver you. You confidently see when the Lord is going to deliver you. And then he says, hold your peace. It literally means be quiet. Sometimes it's just best to be quiet and let the Lord do his work. Sometimes you just need to hold your peace and be quiet. Child of God, you don't need to address everything and everyone that comes for you against you uh, because you have to understand when I am quiet, the Lord will speak loud and clear on my behalf. And when the Lord speaks, it is so. So sometimes you've just got to stand still, you got to hold your peace, and you got to be quiet. So this text is helping us to learn don't allow fear to paralyze your potential don't let your temporary condition uh, cause you to settle short of your destiny don't doubt the Lord's ability 
to deliver you. But this is a caveat that we don't sometimes understand and comprehend. And when I share this with you, I'm done. Don't misunderstand the Lord's motive for your deliverance. Nudge your neighbor at home on your couch and tell them don't misunderstand the Lord's motive for your deliverance. Understand the Lord had a lot wrapped up in the children of Israel. He had given them his name. He had put his name on the line. His reputation on the line. And so his motivation was not all about the children of Israel. His motivation was about him. Y'all missing it. It was about his glory. It was about his name. And it was about his honor. Listen to what verses 15 through 18 says. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. The Lord says to Moses, my people, the ones that you lead, were just complaining that they were going to die in the wilderness. And so they don't deserve to be delivered. But I have a different motive for their deliverance. I'm going to deliver them so that the Egyptians will know that I am more powerful than their king. I'm more powerful than their soldiers. I'm more powerful than their horses and their chariots. He's really saying it's not about the children of Israel. My motivation for delivering them is all about my honor. It's about my name and it's about my glory. And child of God, never misunderstand the Lord's motivation for delivering you. I, I want to let you know it's not all about you. You have not merited and merited it, and you have not earned it. It's not because you've deserved it. Uh, sometimes it's just the Lord saying, "I've put much, too much into you, and I've invested too much in you to let you fail or be destroyed." Listen, I'm delivering you because my name is on the line. Do I have a witness on the day? And I've, I've come, I, 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 
I've come to the moment in my life that uh, I will tell the Lord, uh, yes, Lord, uh, get glory uh, out of my life. Uh -huh, I know, I know, uh, it's not because of my goodness. And uh, it's not because uh, of my greatness. And uh, it's not because uh, I deserve you to deliver me and bless me. Uh-huh, it's all because uh, your name is on the line. And if you uh, allowed me to be destroyed, uh, uh -huh, the world uh, will be able to say that the God that back is served, uh, yes, Lord, uh, allowed him to be destroyed. Uh -huh, but uh, because uh, I put my hand on you, uh -huh, and uh, because uh, I put my name on you, uh -huh, I need, I need, I need uh, to make sure uh, that you're blessed and delivered. Uh, because my honor, my glory, and my name is on the line. Do I have a witness? Well, oh well, just a few years ago, yes, Lord, when I was in Dayton, Ohio, Yes, Lord, a parent came to me about one of their children, and the child was not making the car note on time. The parent came to me very disappointed and very distraught because the child was not making the car note on time. Well, I asked the parent, why in the world are you so distraught? And why are you so disappointed? Why are you so downtrodden? Because your child is not making the car note on time. Well, the parent said to me, it would be one thing if the child signed for themselves, but it's another thing because I co-signed for the child. And the parents said, I'm so concerned because my name is on the line. My reputation is on the line. My credit is on the line. And so I have to make sure, no matter how disappointed, no matter how distraught I am, I gotta make sure that everything is all right because my name is on the line. Child of God, I need to tell you, 
when you're in your Red Sea situation in life, understand it's not all about you, but the Lord's name is on the line. Yeah, Lord, and because his name is on the line, he gets glory by delivering me. He gets glory by blessing me. He gets glory by giving me a breakthrough. He gets glory by healing me. He gets glory by liberating me. He gets glory by setting me free. Is there anybody here who will tell the Lord, get glory out of my life, get glory out of my situation, get glory out of my circumstance, whatever it might be, get glory. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody listening? Is there anybody watching? Is there anybody shouting? We'll tell the Lord, get glory. Get glory. Get glory. Yeah. Get glory. Yeah, get glory. Yeah, yeah, get glory. No matter what I gotta go through, get glory, get glory, get glory, get glory. Get glory, get glory, get glory, get glory, yeah, get glory, yeah, get glory, Not for my name's sake, not for my name's sake, but for your name's sake, get glory, be glorified, be glorified, be glorified, yeah, be glorified. Yeah, be glorified. Yeah, be glorified. For your name's sake. For your name's sake. For your name's sake. 
For your name's sake. For your name's sake. For your name's sake. Yeah, yeah. Lord, get glory, be glorified, 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 be glorified. Be glorified because you're worthy of all glory. Worthy of all honor. Worthy of all praise. Worthy of all worship. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified, be glorified, yeah, be glorified, yeah, be, be glorified, wherever you are right now, you ought to tell the Lord, get glory through me, 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 get glory.
hallelujah to the Lamb. We will have those Red Sea situations. But the Lord is able to deliver and set free. And all of us had a Red Sea situation in our life. But through Jesus Christ, we were delivered for the glory of our God. And so if you're listening and watching today, and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity to allow him to save you on today, to deliver you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So this is a wonderful day, a wonderful opportunity for you to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you're listening and watching and you want to give your life to the Lord, please call us at 402-455-1000, option three. There's someone waiting to hear your voice. Or if you're saved, but for whatever reason, you ought to fellowship with the local church. You need a church home and a church family. We invite you to become a part of the Salem Church. Call us at 402 455 1,000 option three. The doors of the church are open. Why don't you give your life to him today? decision to give your life to the Lord and to be a part of the Lord's family and the Lord's church. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word, for the privilege of worship. And even though we go through our Red Sea situations, we thank you that we can learn from your word. We pray, God, that you would Bless those who are listening and watching. Pour your blessings upon them in the coming days and weeks. And now with him, who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy, to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people all across this city, 
all across this state, all across this country, and all across the world, said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.